إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So last week then we began باب قول الله تعالى لما خلقت بيدي And this was talking about Adam عليه السلام The creation of Adam عليه السلام So when Allah said لما خلقت بيدي هذه جملة من آية أطول من هذه فإن الله تعالى لما خلق آدم أمر الملائكة أن تسجد له وكان من بينهم وليس منهم إبليس كان معهم لكنه ليس منهم سجد الملائكة كلهم أجمعون إلا إبليس أبى أن يسجد This ayah like we said last time it is referring to the story of Adam عليه السلام when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam and commanded all of the angels to prostrate and Iblis was amongst the angels even though he himself was not an angel. He was amongst the angels. So when that command was given, it was a command for all of them including Iblis. All of the angels obeyed the command and they prostrated. But Iblis refused. Illa Iblis kana min al-jinn fafasaqa an amri rabbi. Except for Iblis, he was from the jinn and he transgressed against the command of his lord. So Iblis refused to prostrate لِأَنَّ الْجِنَّ الْأَصْلُ فِيهِمُ الْمَعْصِيَ لَطَّاعَةِ وَالْمَلَائِكَ لَا يَعْسُونَ اللَّهِ فَسَجَدَ الْمَلَائِكَ إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ أَبَى The origin of the jinn like we said it is disobedience whereas the angels they never disobey they fulfill the commandments of Allah upon them يَفْعَلُونَ مَا يُؤْمَرُونَ They do exactly as they are commanded But the jinn, the default or the origin of them is disobedience. So Iblis at that time, he refused to prostrate. So then Allah said, مَا مَنَعَكَ أَن تَسْجُدَ لِمَا خَلَقْتُ بِيَدَيَّ What prevented you from prostrating to what I created with my two hands? قَالَ أَنَا خَيْرٌ مِّنْهِ He said, I am better than him. خَلَقْتَنِي مِنْ نَارِ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِنْ طِينِ You created me from fire and you created him from clay. فَصَارَ الْمَانِعْ لَهُ مِنَ السُّجُودِ وَالْإِسْتِكْبَارِ وَالْعُلُوْ وَكَانَ فِي عِلْمِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى أَنَّهُ كَافِرٌ فَقَدْ اسْتَكْبَرَ وَأَبَى قَالْ أَأَسْجُدُ لِمَنْ خَلَقْتَ طِينًا And then Iblis goes on to say in his arrogance, Should I prostrate to the one that you created from clay? Should I prostrate 
to the one that you created from clay. فَقَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had said here, مَا مَنَعَكَ أَن تَسْجُدَ لِمَا خَلَقْتُ بِيَدَيَّ What has prevented you from prostrating to that which I created with my two hands? وَهُنَا قَالْ لِمَا وَلَمْ يَقُلْ لِمَنْ مع أن آدم من العقلاء In the ayah it says ما منعك أن تسجد لما خلقت بيدي What prevented you from prostrating to that which I created with my two hands It doesn't say لمن What prevented you from prostrating to the one who I created with my two hands. In Arabic, referring to something which is intellectual, rational, you would use man, whereas irrational, you would use ma. So the first meaning would be, what prevented you from prostrating to that which I created with my two hands? And the second meaning would be if you used man, what prevented you from prostrating to the one whom, to the individual whom I created with my two hands? The ayah says which one? To that which or to whom? To that which or to whom? To that which? Ma mana'aka an tasjuda lima? What prevented you from prostrating to that which I created with my two hands? In the linguistic terms of Arabic to understand, we're translating it as to that which. To identify between the rational and the irrational. The aqil and the ghair aqil. So Adam salam is obviously from the rational or irrational. Humans are from the rational, from the intellectual. Yet the term used is the one that would typically be for the irrational. So the Sheikh wants to make a point. How come? How come the term being used is the one that would be for the irrational? Even though here Adam salam min al-uqala from the rational. Lakin إذا أريد الوصف عبر عن العاقل بما وإذا أريد الشخص عبر عن العاقل بمن The point here is when you use the term ما as it is in the ayah Without having to go into the grammar of Arabic, for those who don't understand the Arabic grammar, generally saying, if you use the term ma, then you are picking out the characteristic. Whereas if you use the term man, then you're picking out the actual personality, the individual. The ayah wants to pick out which one here. The characteristic. 
فنعم. So the, you have an ayah, for example, an example to prove that or to show that. وَإِنْ خِفْ The Shaykh says, أَرَأَيْتَ قَوْلَهُ تَعَالَى وَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ أَلَّا تُقْصِطُوا فِي الْيَتَامَى فَانْكِحُوا مَا طَابَ لَكُمْ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ فَانْكِحُوا مَا طَابَ لَكُمْ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ Then marry from that which pleases you from the women. Again, the women are typically, obviously, they are from the category which is rational. Women are from the category that is rational, aqil. But the term used to reference marry from the women is the term which is typically for irrational. Because the point of the ayah isn't to identify a person, it is to identify the characteristic of the woman. So, marry the woman whose characteristics are pleasing to you. فَهُنَا الْمَخْلُوقِ آدَمْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ أَمْرُهُ عَظِيمِ فَاعْتِبَارْ نعم, before that, sorry. قَالْ مَا طَابَ وَلَمْ يَقُلْ مَنْ طَابَ لِأَنَّهُ أَرَادَ الْوَصْفِ وَالْوَصْفُ غَيْرُ عَاقِلِ so in that ayah, marry that which pleases you from the women, as opposed to marry those whom please you from the women. That which, that type of phrase is for irrational, non-human. Because the point is the characteristics of the women that please you. And characteristics, they are not alive, they are not rational, they are irrational things. Same in this ayah now. فَهُنَا الْمَخْلُوقِ آدم عليه السلام أمره عظيم فاعتبار الوصف فيه أولى من اعتبار الشخص With regards to Adam عليه السلام and the creation of Adam عليه السلام What is the point of greatest virtue here? Adam himself or the characteristic that he was created by? Created by what? By the two hands of Allah. What is of the virtue that is being highlighted here? Adam himself, which is a great thing. Adam alayhi salam, the first creation, etc. But is that the point that is being highlighted here? Or is the point that is being highlighted the characteristic of Adam that he was created by the two hands of Allah? The characteristic. Hence Allah says, مَا مَنَعَكَ أَن تَسْجُدَ لِمَا خَلَقْتُ بِيَدِيَّ What prevented you to that which I created with my two hands? وَلِهَذَا أُنظُرْ جَوَابَ إِبْلِيسِ But then look at the response of Iblis. Allah is highlighting that virtuous characteristic of Adam. This is the one whom I created with my own two hands. A great virtue for Adam. So prostrate to him. Look at the response of Iblis. Iblis ja'alahu fi maqam al-shakhsiyya. Faqal a'asjudu liman khalaqta. A'asjudu liman khalaqta tina. When Iblis replied, he wanted to bring it down a notch, bring it down a level, 
to the level of just the individual Adam alayhi salam. To the individual Adam alayhi salam. We just said, in terms of the virtuous things here, Adam alayhi salam, the first of creation, etc. Virtuous. But what is the point of virtuousness here in the ayah that is being highlighted? The fact that Allah created created Adam alayhi salam with his own two hands. That was the characteristic being pointed out. Iblis, when he replies, wants to take it down just to the level of Adam as in Adam. Regardless of, and he wants to ignore the fact that he has this great virtue of being created by the two hands of Allah. He wants to bring it down to the level of Adam just as Adam. So he replies, man. He replies with man, and that brings it down to that level. Uh, just a quick note, AP07YCK. Voxel Zafira, the door is open. So, ap 7 YCK, Voxel Zafira, the back door is open. So whoever owns that should go and take care of the back door. You are in Cheatham Hill, so take care of the back door quickly. <laughs> Here then you see that Iblis wants to bring it down to the level of Adam as Adam. And wants to ignore that characteristic. That's why you have the different usage of Ma and Man. Most people will not have really understood this point because it is an Arabic grammar point. But if you haven't, then you should consider the reality of understanding the Quran and the Sunnah will only occur through understanding the Arabic language. For those who have done a little bit now, you know the difference between ma and man. Right at the beginning of book one, you do ma hadha. And then you do after that, man hadha. Ma hadha at the beginning is all of the objects. Then you get to man hadha, it's about the people. Even at a very basic level of Arabic, you understand these points. When you understand the detailed levels of Arabic, and you look into the Qur'an and the Sunnah, that's when it really opens up. This kind of stuff, you can explain it to a level in English. But it's never going to have the same meaning as understanding the difference of man and ma in Arabic. It's never going to be the same until you look at ma, you look at man, you learn those things, you recognize aqil, ghair aqil. That is what's going to give you an in-depth understanding of the religion properly. So Arabic is something very important to try and learn, to understand, to gain that grasp of it sufficient to be able to have some level of understanding when it comes to the affairs of the religion in a better manner. So that was the point the Sheikh was making there. فَقَوْلُهُ لِمَا خَلَقْتُ بِيَدَيَّ الشَّاهِدْ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْجُمْلَةِ The point of all of this was to get to this point now, which is the names and attributes of Allah, al-asma'u wa sifat. Which one are we talking about here? The hands of Allah, that is the shahid. Al-shahid min hadhi al-jumla, qawluhu ta'ala, biyadayya, ay biyadayya thnatayni, two hands of Allah, 
That's what the ayah mentions. What prevented you from prostrating to that which I created with my two hands, the ayah says. Biyadayya. Then, mas'alah. Ithan, fahal ghayruhu lam yukhlaq bilyadayn. Other than Adam alayhi salam, the rest of creation, were the rest of humans not created by the two hands of Allah? Huh? Not specifically. So the rest of creation were created how? Huh? Alright, but still Something Everybody's saying it By the word Kun So here The answer is That Adam alayhi salam Had that virtue Of being created by the two hands of Allah Everybody else Al-jawab Naam Ghayru Adam Lam yukhlaq bil yadayn Other than Adam the creation was not created by the two hands of Allah. bil kalima. They were created with the word. Kama qala ta'ala. Innama amruhu idha arada shay'a. An yaqula lahu kun. Fayakun. That indeed the affair of Allah, the command of Allah is such that when he wants something, he says, be and it is. Kun fayakun. فَغَيْرُ آدَمْ مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالشَّيَاطِينَ وَغَيْرُهُمْ كُلُّهُمْ خُلِقُوا بِكَلِمَةِ So besides Adam, the, the angels, the jinn, the other humans, created by the word be and it is. But as for being created by the two hands of Allah, then that is a virtue for Adam alayhi salam. فَإِذَا قَالَ قَائِلٌ if somebody comes along and says, what is the evidence that everybody else was created by the word kun? What is the evidence upon that? So that is as we have just said, the ayah, daliluna qawluhu ta'ala, innama amruhu idha arada shay'an, an yaqula lahu kun fayakun. That indeed Allah, if he wants something, then he says, be, and it is. فَعِنْدَ إِرَادَةِ خَلْقِ الْمَلَائِكَةِ قَالَ لَهُمْ كُونُوا فَكَانُوا So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to create the angels, he said, be, and they were. He said, be, and they were. لَكِنْ آدَمْ خَلَقَهُ اللَّهُ بِيَدِهِ but Adam alayhi salam, it was not like that. Adam alayhi salam, Allah created him with his own two hands. وَجَعَلَ سُورَتَهُ عَلَى سُورَتِهِ اَيْجَعَلَ اللَّهُ سُورَةَ آدَمْ عَلَى سُورَةِ الرَّبِّ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَهَذَا تَكْرِيمٌ آخَرٌ أَنْ يَجْعَلَهُ عَلَى سُورَةِ الرَّبِّ 
لكن لا يلزم من كونه على صورة الرب أن يكون مماثلا للرب لأن الله قال ليس كمثله شيء Then there is the narration that mentions how Allah created Adam upon his appearance What does it mean upon his appearance? خلق آدم على صورته على صورة من؟ الضمير يعود إلى من؟ Mm. Mm. So we know definitely it doesn't mean a resemblance That we've studied many a time There is nothing like unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala But then there is a discussion between the scholars on this topic It's not our topic tonight Regarding the meaning of that narration that Allah created Adam upon his appearance. Upon his appearance. Who is the his being referred to there? Is it Allah created Adam upon his appearance, i.e. upon Allah's appearance? Or Allah created Adam upon his appearance, i.e. the appearance Adam has? What does the his refer to? That's another long discussion. It's not our discussion tonight. So, the point tonight is biyadayya, with my two hands. Alba, well, this is another point of grammar. We'll miss, we'll miss the point of grammar. As for the issue of now, Fallahu Azza wa Jal, Khalaqa Adama biyadihi, wa amma ghayruhu, fa khalaqahu bil kalima. Allah created Adam with his hand and as for the others, Allah created them with the word kun, fayakun, be, and it is. Hatta Isa ibn Maryam. Khalaqahu Allah Azza wa Jal bi kalima. Even Isa alayhi salam, Allah created him with the word be, and it is. Kama qala ta'ala, wa kalimatuhu alqaha ila Maryam wa ruhum minh. And the word that Allah cast upon Maryam and the soul from him. فَإِنَّهُ خَلَقَهُ وَقَالْ كُنْ فَكَانْ So Allah created Isa السلام, and said be. And he was. وَلَكِنْ بِنَاءً عَلَى مَا ثَبَتَ نَفَخَ اللَّهُ فِي فَرْجِهَا بِرُوحٍ مِنْ عِنْدَهِ خَلَقَهُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَنَفَخَ فِي فَرْجِهَا جِبْرِيلِ هَذِهِ الرُّوحِ فَنَشَأَ الْوَلَدِ so then as it mentions about one of the souls from the souls that Allah has created, that was blown into Maryam and then she uh, became pregnant with Isa alayhi salam. Walyad, allati wasaf Allahu biha nafsahu, hiya min al-sifat al-khabariya. Hand now, hands that we're talking about, this is from the Attributes that are khabariya huh? Heard about? Informed about from the attributes that we have been informed about What does that mean though? They are attributes that we would not be able to deduce otherwise there are certain attributes that you can deduce 
Allah is the all knowledgeable. Surely the creator is the all knowledgeable. That is something you could deduce. Allah is the hearing and the seeing. Surely the creator is the all hearing and the all seeing. You could deduce. You could, you could understand that. But without being told, would we naturally just assume and say, yes, Allah has hands. That is something we could not deduce or uh, conclude in of ourselves. That is not something you could conclude yourself. So it's khabariya, this particular sifa, meaning we have been informed of it, and that is how we know of it. Otherwise, there is no way we would be able to conclude that. You can conclude Allah is the all-knowledgeable, the all-hearing, the all-seeing. Of course, the Creator has those attributes. You could conclude that. But Allah has hands without knowing it, without the evidences. There's no way, not any way, you could have concluded Allah has hands otherwise. So these are from the attributes that we've been informed of. Khabariya. وَلَيْسَتْ مِنَ الصِّفَاتِ الْمَعَنَوِيَّةِ خِلَافًا لِأَهْلِ التَّحْرِيفِ الَّذِينَ جَعَلُوهَا مِنَ الصِّفَاتِ الْمَعَنَوِيَّةِ وَفَصَّرُوهَا بِالْقُدْرَةِ أَوْ بِالنِّعْمَةِ يعني بالإنعام أي بشيء منفصل عن الله عز وجل So this attribute is not one of the attributes that are abstract or attributes that are not Khabariya uh, in this way of being informed of them meaning meaning that the people of innovation they interpret this falsely into a metaphor and they say that the hands of Allah just means the power and the ability of Allah and it just means the the blessings that Allah gives that is the interpretation of this sifa of this attribute and that is false that is the way of the people of innovation. When it comes to the names and attributes, and even wider than that, even wider than the names and attributes, even other things, they interpret them as metaphors. They say they don't really exist. It just means X, Y, and Z. For example, on the Day of Judgment, there is the Mizan. The Mizan which will balance the people, the, the weighing scale, the weighing scale, the balance on the day of judgment where your deeds go in, good deeds on one side, bad deeds on the other side, a weighing scale on that day. We don't know the exact how it looks like, but we know that it is a real weighing scale that has a center and has two sides, two balances, and the good deeds and the bad deeds are balanced. The people of innovation, they came along and they said, what? They said, there is no real weighing scale. There is no mizan haqiqi. They said, it is only majaz. It just means the justice of Allah. That Allah will do adl to everyone. Justice. There is no weighing scale. It just means justice. That is exactly like what you have now. In the courts... On the court, the, the main uh, entrance in the mahkamah, here they have the big symbol of the weighing scale because it, it indicates justice. That's their meaning of the picture of the weighing scale, justice. The people of innovation were well ahead 1400 years ago. They were saying, nah, the weighing scale, it just means justice. 
There's no real weighing scale on the Day of Judgment. And that's how they are. And it is falsehood. It is falsehood. This belief of theirs that everything is just a metaphor. And so they say Allah has no hands really. It just means when Allah tells us that he's just trying to tell us about the power of Allah. His power or his blessings upon us. So they interpret it. They make tahrif. Which we said before. We do not do ta'atil, tahrif, takyif, and tamfil. We do not fall into those. The people of innovation fall exactly into that. They distort the origins of these names and attributes, misinterpret them, distort them, change them into something that will make sense to them more. Because the people of innovation, their methodology... When it comes to al-asma'u wa-sifat, is taqdeemu al-aqal ala al-naqal, ahlu al-bida'a. Ahlu sunnah, taqdeemu al-naqal ala al-aqal. They say our intellects have priority over the texts. So they say there's going to be a weighing scale on the day of judgment. Your deeds are going to go in. There can't really be one properly like that. It doesn't make sense in their head. How? What are you talking about? There's going to be a weighing scale. Everybody's... Books and deeds are going to go into a real weighing scale. doesn't make sense to them. So they need to interpret it in a way that will make sense to them. So what do they say? It just means justice. That Allah is going to do justice between everyone. That makes sense to them. That's okay. Hands of Allah doesn't make sense to them. Hands of Allah how? What do you mean? Even though we know as Ahlul Sunnah you don't ask. The How? But they get confused with all of that. So now they need to interpret it in a way that their minds will accept. So then they'll say, ah, the hands, it just means the power of Allah. That now sits nicely with their intellect and it works for them. So that is the way of the people of innovation. Their minds have the priority. If they ever come across any names or attributes that doesn't sit with them, they will distort the meanings into something which will sit with them nice. Whereas Ahlul Sunnah, we say no. The Quran and the Sunnah, what has been mentioned of the names and attributes, We describe Allah with that which He has described Himself with. We attribute to Allah what He has attributed to Himself. Not that we distort that and interpret that in our own ways. Because once you start opening up the door to interpretation, this is one of the refutations of the people of innovation, when you open up the door to interpretation, you say, okay, the hands of Allah doesn't really mean hands. So now then, if you start with that, you've opened up the door to now needing some sort of interpretation as to what it does mean then. If you now put this basis down that this doesn't really mean Allah has hands. Okay, next stage now for the people of innovation, they need to give some interpretation as to what it does mean. When you open up that door to interpretation, what happens? Everybody here, a hundred people here tonight, I say to you, okay, what's your interpretation? We'll have a hundred different opinions. Because everybody's interpretation is based upon anything but the Qur'an and Sunnah. Because the Qur'an and Sunnah doesn't give you 
an interpretation. It just tells you that Allah has the attribute of hands. It doesn't give you an interpretation, means power, means this, means that. So now when you start with your basis of saying, no, it can't be. Allah doesn't have hands. All right, next stage now is, what does it mean then? Then you'll have a million different interpretations. People of innovation from this sect saying it means this. Another sect saying, no, it means this. Another sect saying, we don't know what it means, so we're just going to reject it. Others saying, we don't know what it means. It is just a sound. Whatever it means, Allah knows best. We can't affirm Allah has hands. It just says it. We're just going to leave it to Allah. We don't know what it is. Again, falsehood. You can see, when you open up that door, there is no end. There is no interpretation that's going to be correct. Why is there never going to be a correct interpretation? We've mentioned this principle before too. Why is there never going to be an accurate interpretation? Remember that simple rule. Absolutely. You've not been given from knowledge except a small amount. The scholars, they gave that example, they said, remember the simple logic. To be able to describe something, you can do it in three ways. If you want to describe something, you can do it in three ways. The first way, you want to describe this bottle of water. The first way to describe it is to actually see it. If you see it, you can look at it, you can say, okay, it's 500 mil, it's the aqua pura, it's, uh, uh, you can give the descriptions, you can see it, and you can give the descriptions. People who are sat miles away at the other end of the earth down there and there, they can't see the bottle, so how are they going to describe it? They could use a secondary method, which is, somebody now down on the wall over there, we ask them, describe the bottle of water, what color is the lid on it? So people down there can't see what color the lid is. What could they do? They could walk across over here to the people near the front who have seen it and ask them what color was the lid. And the people who have seen it can tell them it was turquoise. And then they'll be able to say it's turquoise. So one way of describing something is if you yourself see it. If you don't see it, then it's possible for you to describe it by getting reliable information from somebody who has seen it. If that doesn't exist either, I got the bottle of water and I haven't shown anybody the color of the lid yet. I haven't shown anyone the color of the lid yet. So now how is everybody going to be able to describe the color of the lid? I could tell you it is the pure British aqua Pure, still natural mineral water from the hills of Cumbria. If I give you that information, what can you do? Absolutely, you can get your Google phone out. You can put Acura Pura in and you'll get an image of exactly this bottle they sell everywhere. And you'll be able to see that it has a turquoise lid. True? So now there is a reliable source of information related to the item. You've never seen it, you don't know anybody who has seen it. But you can describe it by going to a reliable source of information about it. You could go to the Acura Pura website, get the pictures of it, and you'll see it's a blue turquoise lid. 
reliable source of information about it. Now, when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and us describing or talking about the names and attributes of Allah, are we doing that because we have actually seen Allah ourselves? No. Hadith. لَن تَرَوْ رَبَّكُمْ حَتَّى تَمُوتُوا You're not going to see your Lord until you die. So we're not talking about the names and attributes upon the basis that we've seen Allah and we know these. We've seen them. That isn't the case. Second way then, to ask a reliable source of information to describe them to us. That reliable source of information is going to be Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Did he see Allah? The statement of the scholars regarding it is no. Hadith, hijabuhu nur, anna arahu. That his covering, his veil is of light. How could I see him? So even the Prophet ﷺ did not see Allah. So can we use the second method of going to a reliable source and tell us? The Prophet ﷺ, the best of creation himself, has not seen Allah. That leaves us with only one method to be able to talk about the names and attributes of Allah. That is the method of going to a reliable source of information and that with us is just the revelation, the Qur'an and Sunnah. Whatever's in there is what we're going to have to take. True? Absolutely. Because the other two methods are null and void. Whatever's in there we're going to have to take. Agreed. Just like with the example of the bottle, when I don't show anybody the lid, I tell you it's Acupura. You go to the website of Acupura. You go to the images and every bottle they make, their company color is turquoise. Now you're going to say absolutely, therefore, the bottle you got, if it's Acupura, it's going to have a turquoise lid on their website. That's the only colors they use on their bottles. If somebody came along and said, no, I don't think so. I think when they put down turquoise, on their website, it's actually one of those, all these things they put on the website now is, is the cat coming up the stairs or going, you know, the illusions. Somebody says, no, I don't really think it's blue or turquoise. When they wrote down turquoise on their website, what that actually means is turquoise with white stripes and yellow dots. That's what it actually means. What are you going to say to him? He's given you an interpretation of what that reliable source of information is saying. His interpretation is, okay, it says turquoise on the website, but I think it means, I'm sure, it's not turquoise, not just turquoise. It is turquoise with lines, white stripes, and yellow dots. That is an interpretation he's given you. What are you going to say to his interpretation? Are you going to accept it or not? You're going to ask him, have you seen it? He's going to say, no. You're going to say, have you gone and spoken to somebody who's seen it? He's going to say, no. You're going to say, okay, where have you got the information about the color of the bottle then? The only place is the Google search on that website. The website says blue. You're going to say to him, how have you got to the conclusion that there's white stripes and yellow dots on it? What's he going to say then? He made it up. 
Absolutely. His interpretation is based upon what now? Who is more, who is the one to accept? The one who tells you my answer is blue or turquoise. Because nobody's seen it. I don't know anybody else who has seen it. My only source of information is the website telling me it's turquoise. The answer I'm going to put down in my exam is turquoise. Absolutely correct and logical. True. The other man says, no, I got a feeling it, it can't be like that. Turquoise, who uses turquoise? It can't be turquoise. It must mean some type of stripes and yellow dots and things. That's what I'm going to put down. What do you think to him? Absolute and utter nonsense. So now, when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah, we can't talk about them because we've actually seen them. We can't talk about them because we've been told about them from somebody who has seen them because even the Prophet ﷺ didn't see Allah. We can only talk about them from what is in the Qur'an and Sunnah. The Qur'an and Sunnah says Allah created Adam with his two hands. So we're going to say our answer is Allah has two hands. The man who comes along and says, no, that means the two powers of Allah. Then that is exactly the same as the man who comes along and says, no, it's not turquoise. It is white stripes and yellow dots with turquoise. Where have we got that from? Absolutely out of thin air. No basis for your interpretation whatsoever. That is simple, clear and logical. True. Any person wants to give you an interpretation of any of the names and attributes? The simple question is, how have you done that? Have you seen Allah? Absolutely not. Have you spoken to somebody who's seen Allah such that you know that these attributes are talking about X and Y and Z interpretation? Absolutely not. So where have you got your interpretation from? The only thing left is the Quran and Sunnah. In the Quran and Sunnah, it doesn't say anywhere that the hands of Allah means the power of Allah. So where is your interpretation from? What's the validity of it? Absolutely zero. That's clear. Is anybody got any confusion about interpretations? Anybody coming and trying to interpret any of the names and attributes of Allah away from the default meaning is clearly interpreting without any basis. True? Simple and obvious and correct. There was another thing we mentioned last time when we did Al-Aqidah Al-Wasatiyah. Somebody may say to you, Okay then, so we can only affirm what is in the Qur'an and Sunnah. That is our only means to understanding the names and attributes. Okay, so Allah says he has two hands. They say to you, but hand, it can mean power. Like you use in the phrase, the upper hand and the lower hand. In the language, the upper hand is the one who is in authority and power. The lower hand is the miskin, language use of the word hand, true? You've got the upper hand on him. You've got the, the power and the ability and the authority over him. Used in English or not? In Arabic too, same thing. You can say it, the upper hand and the lower hand. So that's a usage of the word hand, isn't it? So what if they say to you, okay, well, that's a usage of the word hand. When Allah says he has two hands, he meant that usage. That's the usage that he meant. It is a usage of the word hand. You want to say, no, it's the usage of hand in terms of hand that we understand 
Obviously without any resemblance and we don't know the how of Allah's hand But the hand that is understood Not the metaphorical meaning of power or ability He says no why not Power and ability is a meaning of the word hand So why can't that be the meaning here What's your answer now We did it in Wasatiyah for those who attended From the logical way though That's one thing which means the default meanings of words. What is the origin, the asal in the meaning of a word? So for example, if I say to you, uh, I was in the jungle and I saw a lion. What did I see? What does a lion look like? A lion... Looks like a lion. Everybody knows a lion. I went to the jungle and I saw a lion. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. The big cat, the lion, the animal, four legs, everything. That's what everybody understood, sir. Anybody understand anything other than that? Sufyan here, mashallah, he's a lion. He's a lion of a man. Did anybody understand that I saw him in the jungle? Is it used in the language you can say such and such, he's a lion. True or false? Absolutely you can. Muhammad, he's a lion that man. That's completely correct the usage of the word, isn't it? But what is the default understanding of the word lion? When I say to you, imagine now somebody in the community became known for it. Muhammad, everybody calls him Muhammad the lion. He's known for it. He's a, he's a rough and tough guy. He's known in the community Muhammad the lion. Everybody knows him like that. I come back to you one day and I say, I was in the, I was in the, the jungle yesterday and I saw the lion there. I saw a lion there. Nobody is going to think, oh, you saw Muhammad there, he was there too. <laughs> Nobody's going to think that. Because your origin understanding, your default understanding of the word lion is the actual four-legged animal. True? So words have a default understanding and then they have secondary understandings. When it comes to the names and attributes of Allah, what is applied is the default or secondary meanings. Default. Power and all these other things, you may use them as secondary meanings in the language. But the default hand is hand. As you understand a hand. Of course, we do not make any resemblance or imagination of what the hands of Allah are like. But the point is we're not going to say it means power because that is then going away from the default meaning into a secondary or tertiary meaning and that cannot be correct. Because everybody logically understands in speech the default is what gets priority. I saw, the, I saw a lion in the jungle. Even if everybody knows we talk about Muhammad the lion, the lion, the lion every day. If I say to you I was in the jungle and I saw a lion... Nobody's going to say, ah, Muhammad was there coincidentally. Everybody knows I'm talking about the animal. Because that's the default of the word, even though you may use Muhammad the lion, you may talk about him every day. That is only secondary. The Sahaba understood the names and attributes upon primary or secondary tertiary. Primary. How do we know that? Because that is the asal, that is the default. If somebody says to you, okay, how do you know? 
that he was talking about an actual line and not Muhammad. Somebody comes and argues with you, he says, no, he wasn't talking about the animal in the jungle. When he said he saw a lion in the jungle, he was talking about Muhammad. How do you know he was talking about a lion? Why could he not have been talking about Muhammad? If somebody comes and argues that with you, then what do you say? Just like if somebody comes and says, why couldn't have Allah been talking about the hands as power? Why does it have to be the origin meaning of the word? Context, but... As a Shaykh al said, the person asking you that question has mixed up his wires. He is the one who should be asked the question. If he comes and says, well, how do you know he was talking about the animal line? I think he was talking about Muhammad. You say, no. The default of the word lion is the animal line. That is what is understood with the people. If you want to say he meant Muhammad, it's upon you to bring me the proof that he meant that. I don't have to bring you proof that he meant the animal because the animal is the default. I don't have to bring proof for the default. You want to try and say it meant Muhammad the lion, you got to bring me proof of that. You show me the proof of that. That's the way around. He can't come and say to you, what's the proof he meant the default? The proof he meant the default is in itself. The default is the default meaning. Same here. Somebody comes and says to you, well, you give me the proof. Why does it mean hand as in hand? Why can it not mean power? You say, no. My dear brother, you, if you want to try and say that the secondary or tertiary meaning applies to this name or attribute, then it's upon you to prove that to me. I don't have to prove anything. I am upon the default. Just as the Sahaba were upon the default. Anybody wants to go into interpretations, you are now moving away from the default into something secondary, tertiary, whatever it may be. So the onus of evidence is upon them, not you. Allah says He created Adam with His two hands. The default meaning of that is two hands. Two hands, not two powers. Two powers would now be a secondary, tertiary, different type of meaning. And that would require from us to bring evidence as to why we're moving away from the default to a secondary meaning. On top of the fact that many of these interpretations, in fact, no, all of these interpretations are flawed. So when they say the hand means power, the hand means power. Allah then, okay, let's go with that. Allah says He created Adam with His two hands, which according to them means Allah created Adam with His two powers. Allah only has two powers. Allah has two powers, that's it, two powers, or three powers, or four powers, where's all that come from? Absolute nonsense. How could it be Allah created Adam with his two powers? Which two powers? What two powers? Are there only two powers? In the other narrations where it says Allah descends, yanzilu rabbuna, in the last third of the night, they say no, Allah doesn't come down. Secondary meaning, they say, no, it, it's not even a secondary meaning, it's something made up altogether. They say, no, it is the mercy of Allah that descends. Rahmah. The mercy of Allah descends in the last third of the night. You say to them, okay. So the mercy of Allah only descends upon the creation in the last third of the night? 
for the rest of the night and the full day there is no mercy of Allah upon us, you would not survive the blink of an eye without the mercy of Allah. Mercy of Allah only comes in the last third of the night when everybody is asleep. When the majority are asleep, completely false. They say the angels then. It is the angels of Allah that come down, not Allah. You say, okay. In the hadith it mentions when Allah comes down in the last third of the night, descends in the last third of the night. He says, يقول, من Who is seeking my forgiveness and I will forgive them? An angel can say that? Can an angel say, من يستغفرني وأنا أغفره له Who is seeking my forgiveness, I will forgive them. This is from the characteristics of Al-Uluhiyya. Can it be for the angel? Can an angel say, seek forgiveness from me, make dua to me, I'll give it to you. Absolutely not. So you see, all of their interpretations are nonsense. The way of Ahlul Sunnah is to affirm what is in the Quran and Sunnah. Simple, straightforward. The people of innovation used to say, they used to say, manhaj, the manhaj of Ahlul Sunnah, manhaj al-Salaf, is aslam, and they used to say, tariqatuna aqal. They used to say, the way of the Salaf, it's safer. The way of the Salaf is safer. Allah says, hands, you stick to the default. Hands, don't go into interpretations and everything else. That's a safe and sound way to go. True. They used to say that. And it's true. Very simple, safe and sound. Allah tells you as names and attributes, you affirm them. Safe, simple. Then they used to say, okay, the Salaf, they've done a safe and simple methodology. But our methodology, they used to say, the people of innovation, our methodology is smarter. The Salaf, simple people, stuck to the simple things. Allah says he has hands. They affirm the hands. Don't go into any descriptions, etc. Nice, straightforward, simple, simple. They've done it, no problem, simple. But us, we're not going to stick to those simple ways. We put our intellect into these affairs and we have a smarter way. We can understand that Allah is talking about power with his hands. We're smarter in our understanding of the names and attributes. Salaf, simple people, stick to what's there and leave it at that. That is complete falsehood. Because the reality is, the way of the Salaf is safer and it is smarter. Because the way of the Salaf sticks to what is in the Quran and the Sunnah of the names and attributes of Allah, doesn't go into the nonsense of interpretations and intellect and rationale. This religion is not about your intellect and your logic and your rationale. It isn't about somebody coming and telling me, I've got a doctorate in physics or I've got a doctorate in science and doctorate in this or that, PhD in this or that. This religion is not about your smartness, your intellect. In the hadith of Ali, that narration, لو كان الدين بالرأي لكان المسح على باطن الخف أولى من ظاهره. If the religion was based upon your smartness, how clever you are, then when it comes to wiping on the socks for wudu, everybody's intelligence would have told you wipe on the bottom side. Where are you walking with your socks? The bottom side. Where's all the dust gathering on your socks? The bottom side. Your logic would have told you when you're going to wipe. Surely, 
Where the bottom side, the sunnah tells you, wipe the top side. So you wipe the top side. Not about your logic and your intellect. Umar ibn Khattab, when he kissed the black stone, when he kissed the black stone, he said, Inni la a'lamu annaka hajar, la tadur wa la tanfa' the mushrikeen were watching him so when he kissed the black stone he didn't want them thinking this is like the the worship that they do with idols or whatever so he said out loud as the mushrikeen were there that i know you are just a stone you cannot harm me or bring me benefit had i not seen the messenger kiss you then i wouldn't have kissed you meaning i'm only doing it because i know this is Revelation to do so. It is sunnah to do so. That is the reason. Not for any other reason of my intellect or my rationale. So do not be confused or think your intellect dictates to you how the religion works. The religion works upon what is in the Quran and sunnah. Simple, straightforward, sound, intelligent. Not upon the way of those who think they're smart and their smartness was the very thing that led to their downfall. Going into philosophy, going into all of the way of the mutakallimeen, into that philosophical way about the names and attributes and Allah this and what this and what that, and going into all types of confusions. So, that is what we'll mention today. That type of lesson, today's lesson, you need to bear in mind. We always repeat it once every 20 or so lessons. That what we've talked about today, we always end up repeating it once every 20 or so lessons. Because you have to bear that in mind. What we talked about today, you have to remember every lesson as we go along. They are the principles for you to understand the names and attributes of Allah. So don't fall into the way of innovation and the people of desires. When they tell you these guys what they're talking about, Allah's hands, they're crazy. Because they have not understood a thing. They have not understood any of the principles of how to understand the names and attributes of Allah. They, upon their ignorance, hands? No, Allah can't have hands. What do you mean hands? Upon their logic and intellect only. Allah tells you in the Quran, He has hands. And like the brother said, if it was going to mean something else, then Allah would have just said, power or whatever else. Rather, Allah said hands because it means hands. And Allah said eyes because it means eyes. So we'll conclude upon that for today. Any questions on that so far? Um, you mentioned in the previous lesson that Allah changes the hearts of the people. Uh, the verse in the Quran that says that Allah uh, directs them to the people unless they change themselves. Mm-hmm. How do you bring about the two sort of evidences? That's no problem. That's the condition of the people. The condition of the people. Uh, referring to those people who are upon wrong and sin, if they expect to uh, gain goodness, then that goodness is only going to come once they rectify themselves upon goodness. And when we talk about all of this, it comes to the issue of the decree that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us ability and intent. We have intention and we have ability. With those two things, Allah has given us choice. Allah has given us choice. So when you make an intention in your mind, I want to pick up this bottle of water. You make the intention in your mind. 
That's what then sends the signal to your hand and you decide to use your ability to do it. If one of those two things is missing, the bottle of water will not be picked up. If you never make the intention to pick it up, never crosses your mind to pick it up, you don't want to drink it, nothing, the bottle will just sit there forever. You've not decided to pick it up. If you don't decide to pick it up, it won't get picked up. You're not going to be looking this way and your hand picks it up without you realizing. you got to make the decision. If you don't make the decision, it doesn't happen. So you make the decision. Once you've made that decision, you've got to have actual ability to do it. If I haven't got ability, somebody who is paralyzed, they make the decision, they want the water. They can't actually do it because they don't have the ability to do it. If you have the decision and you have the ability, then you have. That is what Allah has given you to make choice. So now if you want to be obedient to Allah, you make the decision to do so, and then you physically do so. You do that. You make that choice. If you decide not to obey Allah, who has made that decision to do that? You. The point though is, Allah knows all of the decisions you're going to make. That's why your place in hellfire is already known, or your place in paradise is already known. Even though Allah has given you freedom of choice, Allah knows what choices you're going to make in your life, and therefore knows whether you're going to be a person of hellfire or paradise. But you have been given choice throughout your life. And that's why when the Sahaba said to the Prophet if all of the decree has been written already, then what is the point of us doing anything or striving? So the Prophet said, Everything will be made easy for what it's been created for. You've been given choice. Do you know what choices you're going to make in life and where you're going to end up? You don't. So every time you come to making a choice between obedience and disobedience, at that moment, it is you who makes the choice. Allah knows what choice you're going to make already. You don't. So all you can try and strive to do throughout your life is every time ensure you make the choice of obedience. Allah doesn't change a people until they change themselves, until they make the choice to rectify themselves, and then Allah rectifies them. Allah changes the hearts of the people. That is again linked to this. Allah knows the one who is corrupt in his heart, who is going to make the corrupt decisions in his uh, actions, who makes the corrupt decisions in his actions, and Allah changes the hearts of those people upon that. In other ayat of the Quran, it says how Allah seals the eyes and the hearing and the hearts of people. Which people? The ones whom guidance came to them, but they refused it. And it was known to Allah that this is the choice they're going to make forever. That is how they would make their choices of refusal. So Allah sealed their hearts and their eyes and their chests. So that is uh, with regards to the decree and maybe later on we'll come to those topics inshallah. Anything else or we conclude there? So, we'll conclude there for today then. Inshallah ta'ala next week carry on at the same time after the Isha prayer. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.